Law enforcement suicides are at an all-time high right now. One of the causes is poor leadership within the law enforcement profession. Nick, the host of the Roll Call Room podcast, has written a book, Police Mental Barricade, A Survivor's Guide to Poor Law Enforcement Leadership. This book is a raw and powerful look into suicide and how poor leadership decisions contribute to law enforcement suicides. Buy the book now at mentalhealthbarricade.com and stop the stigma. The issues discussed on the Roll Call Room podcast do not reflect the opinions of any specific agency. Any characters discussed on this show may be fictional for comedic value unless you're a shitbag Steve. This podcast is rated explicit and listener discretion is advised. listening to the podcast that changed the game and rocked an entire profession and rocked an entire profession talking about shit in law enforcement that keeps poor leaders up at night when others run scared and hide behind fake policies the roll call room podcast tells it like it is no bullshit no matter how hard these thieves try, we keep killing it. And now, here are your hosts, Nick and Mark. Totally infected, I tell you. Yeah, that. Yeah, it's just like uh, consistency at puree bananas. Oh, oh. Hey, <laughs> welcome to another episode of The Roll Call Room. I am one of your hosts, Nick. With me is the wonderful co-host of the Wheel of Fortune, Mark. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> the number turner, yes. Mm-hmm. Good morning and welcome to the Roll Call Room. Here we're going say talk- good morning because this is the ass crack of dawn when we it do really, this. It really is. Uh, can we talk about uh, Vanna White for a second? Absolutely. Do you really think that she deserves millions of dollars for turning letters? Uh, you deserve whatever you're worth. Um, Ooh, that's and, 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 and if I could stand up there and flip numbers and some dumbass is going to pay me a million five, I will certainly take it. Yeah. I thought, you know, aside from the, the, the gender argument of, you know, I get paid less than this gender. Okay. Whatever. But saying that you're getting paid less than the the actual host of the show always made me laugh like it's like <laughs> you didn't hear anybody from you know Bob Barker like, yeah you turn you, you mean you, you mean the models that were uh displaying the products yeah and, and, and then, the word yeah and, and I always thought that the whole fallacy of uh and I'm I may be getting in some political here but minimum wage you know I just thought that was so stupid because my dad always told me, son, from the neck down, you're worth about a dollar an hour. He said, if you want to go dig a ditch, that's what you're worth. You need you need to educate yourself in something. You know, have a skill that someone needs, and then you'll make some money. But other than that, I mean, it's this 
Well, I'm not getting paid as much as him. If you don't like it, switch jobs. Yeah, go go somewhere yeah, else. There's no one compelling you to stay here. That that was well, that was my uh, shithead chief's uh, big big line there at the end of, of my career was, well, nobody's compelling you to stay here. I'm like, yeah. dude, you don't understand. You don't have fucking cops now. <laughs> yeah. You can. Well, it's not like back in the day when you had twenty applications of people begging to work there. I was like, "Fuck it, dude! If you don't like it, leave. I yeah. can, I'll replace you tomorrow." You know, <laughs> yeah, those days got, are gone. We got some feedback about like <laughs> my my angst towards my old department, and I'm making a conscious effort to speak less of them. But it's difficult because every time, <laughs> every time they come out of the car wash clean. A bird shits on their windshield. <laughs> it's something stupid. stupid. It's like, all right, guys, we, we can't not talk about this. You know, it's kind of yeah. like you know the the I can't breathe with the pig mask in your car. It's like, who does that? You dumb fucks. And then it gets it gets better. Is is that? So, in the city that I used to work in, it used to it used to be a crime for you to wear a ski mask. And then COVID happened, and they couldn't enforce it. And dude, I worked at the end. I worked the the housing projects, and we used to stop people for wearing ski masks all the fucking time. Shit, we even wrote tickets for it or took them to jail. So, what was the purpose of that? So you don't go and rob someplace, I right? Mean, right. I mean, because oh, Ale- robbers were so bad that they didn't want you wearing a ski mask. Period. Yeah, I mean, Alexandria City is so old on the badge as a fucking pirate ship. So <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, you're not co- you're not joking. <laughs> it's literally a slave <laughs> ship on their badge, which is just absolutely bonkers to me. Yeah. And and so the chief gets up there because uh, the the housing project um, authority sent out an email just to the housing projects saying, hey, the police are going to start enforcing this again. Don't wear ski masks. And, of course, the optics of it don't look really good because you're only sending it to, you know, one portion of the community. And this uh, numb nut chief gets on the on TV and he goes, we have ne- we have never arrested anybody for that wrong we have not arrested anybody for that this this year and wrong and again. i'm like i know me personally i've arrested five or six people for that <laughs> and then i contact my snitches and my snitches are like nick we've arrested three people so far this year for that and i'm like you Get know we're gonna, straight boss we, you know we're gonna find out about this stuff but it's just it's just hilarious. It's just hilarious. But this episode uh, is a part two to the IACP tax return thing. Yeah, I have to tell you, there's been what a week or two since we released that one. I would say mm-hmm. so over two thousand views on YouTube, um, which for a couple of old guys like us, that's that to me that's a success. I think it's great. Uh, over you know we're it's hard to tell what our numbers are on spotify because now that spotify has taken over anchor um they don't want to pay us anymore so <laughs> so our numbers are really low real like like before it was you know in the 30 40,000 per episode and now it's like i'll get alert yeah is like that amazing spotify buys it and then suddenly there's like nothing there yeah. <laughs> It's like so overnight, it is, we lost yeah. 20,000 listeners. 
somebody's got to pay Joe Rogan, you know? Exactly. Exactly. It it wasn't like Anchor was paying us a lot of money anyway. You know, like for 50,000 listens on one episode, it was like five bucks. You know, it's just basically to keep the lights on. So you want to be a podcaster. (laughs) Yeah. It's like with the shield within, I just came to the conclusions like, we're not going to make any money doing this, so let's just have some fun. No, it's just, it's, it's, it's therapy because doing it with like, like doing these episodes is a form of therapy. And then Mm -hmm. when I listen to them later on in the car, it's another form of therapy because it's like, it's like, all right, it's just reaffirming everything that I already know. Um, Yeah. But it was interesting. I knew that episode was going to, was going to spark some conversation, uh, obviously, because when you look at. Uh, law enforcement leadership and you look at how <sighs> fucked up it is. I, mean, I don't I don't really know any other way. <laughs> and we're talking about the 99.9%. Uh, those of you that are doing it right, um, stop messaging us that we're lumping you in with those people. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we're not talking to you guys. We're talking about, about the asshats that... Uh, that are the post turtles that were put in the office and the ones that, uh, you know, had never been in a fight in their life, but they can take a test. So they got promoted. Yeah. yeah. You great chiefs. You guys are not part of this conversation. Or here's the better thing. If you're a great chief and I'll put this out there, if you're a great chief, stand up to the ones that aren't and start coming on shows and start making statements about why the state of law enforcement is the way that it is. And, I would venture to say the reason why you don't want to do that is is because you know that as a chief of police, your tenure is typically three to five years, and you're thinking five years ahead. You want another position, and you don't want to piss off major organizations like the IACP, which is basically the godfather of chiefs of police. They determine who gets hired, um, and they've got their tentacles and everything. And these tax returns are just the tip of the iceberg. Um, or or they're busy running their department. <laughs> right. I, I got to tell you, one, one buddy of mine, um, a great guy, strong leader, um, hard advocate for his people, you know, went against the administration, meaning the, the uh, city people, not not his people. So I'm saying is, you know, the council, whatever. He was talking about positions at the, the Chiefs Association. He says, I don't do them because I ain't got fucking time for it. He said, I'm here running my department. I'm doing what's important. He said, most people that take those positions, you know, they, they either do it because they've been begging and they're like, okay, I'll take a turn at it. But, you know, the good chiefs out there, I I think the reason why, I don't know, the, the, this is going to be kind of a controversial statement. I think that either they're busy running their departments or they just stay, it's like, stay in my lane. I'm not going to fuck with this. But I do really wish that there was a vetting or a a board that would or a committee for oversight if an officer can could file a complaint somewhere because they cities and towns act like these guys are just the greatest things in sliced bread and it's like it's because you have nothing to gauge it by you know this guy's a fucking moron and if you compared Mm -hmm. him to other chiefs of police you would know this guy's a fucking moron but well, the, and that and that's where self policing. That's where I'm going. I, you know, I just yeah. really wish there were there was somewhere. It's funny, self policing. Um, a, a a board, a committee. You know, there's complaint here. Hey, why is all these officers running out the door? Well, that's a clue. 
Yeah. You've got a bad well, chief in position, but go ahead. And then you, like, there are civilian complaint review boards or, uh, yeah, they're a joke. Police, uh, police. Those civilian review boards are, are designed to go against the officer that was out doing his fucking yeah. job in the street. Yeah. And, you know, compliance is the best thing where you got this dude and it doesn't matter. It, it's just a person, you know, just put some whatever color on them. They're just not complying, you know, yeah. and, and do do what you're told to do. And you're not going to have a problem. And when you start fighting the guy, that's when you're going to get your ass kicked. And when did it change? Let me ask you this question. Mm-hmm. You've been a cop long enough to know that, you know, back in the day, and I hate to be melancholy like that, but when when these guys would fight the police, it was kind of a badge of honor for some of them. Yeah, I spent the weekend in jail, but man, I kicked their ass. You know, they got out, they kind of had bragging rights, and there was a little bit of respect between, you know, the criminal element and and law enforcement side. And and when did that change? You know, when did it, and I really like what, uh, here we go, I'm going to say his name. Trump said the other day was indemnifying police officers to where they couldn't be sued. Did you see that the other day on the news where that was one of his campaign promises? I'm like, oh, that's impossible. But it's a great idea is to have that. uh, Oh, dang on. What's what's the terminology, Nick? Um, I got hold harmless on the mind, but that's not it. Um, To where to where the city can't be sued or or the officer can't be sued for effectively doing their job. Oh, immunity. um, Yeah. uh, Qualified immunity. Qualified immunity, yeah. Yeah, having qualified immunity there. Had my and, ass and, saved a couple of times with that. Well, Had but... my ass saved a couple yeah, of times. Yeah, and, and that's part of the problem right now, this whole defund the police, get rid of the qualified immunity, and blah, blah, blah. It's like, look, guys, you know, if, if you like living in a world like out in San Francisco where you got drug addicts shitting on the street and you can't do anything with them, then live in San Francisco. But here in Midwestern Ohio, we like our safe communities. Here's the, uh, we, we apply the fuck around and find out um, mantra is that, yeah, you fuck around, you will find out. <laughs> don't be in this neighborhood or don't be back here messing around because yeah. we believe in law and order here in this part of the country. And I'm sure everywhere else does too. Everyone wants, everyone wants to be safe in their homes at night. But what they're doing, what they're doing is, is that they're, they're cutting the cops balls off because you could be hard on crime all day long you could be a hard charger you could be out there locking people up but it's got to go to court eventually yeah so when you got soros back da's that are that that are emptying our jails out oh yeah man like you know spending more time vigorously prosecuting cops than they do a career criminal Mm-hmm. We're finding finding uh, justification as to why somebody's a career criminal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I never in a million years thought to myself that we would be doing that as a society, but it it is like you know it. We're not doing, and I think that's I think the the defund the police movement was successful in that sense, which is is that. They're not necessarily defunding anymore where they're cutting complete budgets from municipalities. What they're doing is is they're making the job so unappealing mm-hmm. that nobody wants to fucking do it. And right. that's how you reduce the amount of cops that are on the street. Like, again, this will be the second time that I'm talking about my old agency. They posted on there. I'm going to give you a two-time limit on the show. Yeah, yeah this, will be, this will be it, I promise. Um, 
they posted uh, was a couple of days ago uh, a class of like over 24 people going to the police academy. Uh-huh. To the layman person that saw that post, to to the to the diehard liberals that live in Alexandria City, to them, they're like, "Oh, great! This, look at how many cops are going to be going to the academy. Yay. They're going to be safe." No, let me let me clue you in. Why do they have that many vacancies? And then the other thing is, is that's them going into the academy. Okay, mm-hmm. they it's going to be a year or two. They still have to pass field training. And the last time my old agency posted, it was a record number of recruits going into the academy. Out of that, over, I think it was close to 88% of them didn't make it or left the department during during field training or just after field training. Right. So the problem is, is that you're churning out more people and they're not staying. And the other thing is, is you have to look at longevity. You have to look at how many five to fifteen year officers are still staying in the department, and they're getting. And it's I'm no longer talking about my old ages. That's all, all of them. Across, yeah. It's all across. Like now, as a two three year officer, you're a veteran. You're yeah. a veteran. You're training babies. You're you're basically people are coming to you and they're going, hey, you you should put him for canine, or hey, you should be putting him for SWAT, or hey, you should. And two to three years. And you don't know what you don't even know where the cleanest bathroom is. <laughs> yeah, don't go to Speedway. That's janky. Go to the UDF. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, the shit houses are clear, and, and and you don't see where the uh, heroin addict was wiping his needle on the uh, toilet yeah. paper in the roller. So, so, um, uh, so I, I, yeah, I I want to address that real quick. We're talking about yeah, the no. you know the 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 attrition rate. Um, you had mentioned in a couple episodes past, and I don't know if it was on the shield within or this one here about how we vest and it takes 15 years to be vested uh, in your retirement with it, with an agency. And that's because everything is geared around retirement. You know, we won't hire you if you're over, older than 32 years of age and you have to be here for so long. The problem is with all these cities is that they're thinking the wrong way. Uh, we're marketing to the wrong people. We just put a guy through the academy that's 45 years old. He's a great dude. He's a he's a, a fitness gym owner. He's a gym owner. He's a fitness coach. And and uh, uh, Graham, if you're listening, welcome. Uh, he just got hired at a city here in uh, in Ohio. He's doing a great job. But we're marketing to the wrong people. We should be marketing to or recruiting that 35 to 45 group and plan on working five to 10 years. I mean, there's companies out there right now that vest after five years, and you should be able to do that. I, and I think they're so geared around the pension board, whereas, you know, and, and I had another kid that, that got hired on the agency. He's like, well, it really isn't what I want. I said, dude, just give it five years, man. Give it two and a half years. That's five years or two and a half years that you don't have to worry about having someone there and try and cultivate and motivate these people. And again, where we lost the leadership, where we lost the mentorship. You know, because of my former agency, once you complete field training, you're out on your own, dude. If you make a mistake, it's let's make a mountain out of every minor mistake these officers do. We had one officer. Um, I was sitting there talking with Dan. It was just two of us working and it was like a Sunday night or something stupid like that. And the door opens and here this officer comes in. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing here? It's like your day's off. Oh, I'm so worried about she had. uh 
Uh, they were looking for some dude, and he pulled in the driveway and dumped all of his dope and his rig out in this guy's yard and picked it up, and uh, the, they put it in a traffic cone, right? Because there was just so much of it because it's like an upside-down trash can. And it was a busy night and just forgot about it. I mean, no one owned it. So uh, someone found it in the back of the car, and of course, oh, my God, there's evidence. It's unlogged. And, you know, they found the shooter on the grassy knoll. And this person was so upset that they called and chewed her ass out that they drove up there. And this is like 3 o'clock in the morning. And I'm like, what? Get the fuck out of here. We got to stay. Tell me what's going on. And I took care of it. You know, it's like, no big deal. Why, why are we making an issue out of this? But incidents like that, sorry, I went down a little bit of a rabbit hole but incidents like that instead of just taking care of the problem and saying hey you know we, we, we can fix this yeah you made a mistake but it's no big deal and i was talking to dan i said could you mentor this officer and he's like absolutely i said i'm gonna make some i'm gonna try and make some arrangements here to get her moved over here to this ship well before yeah. that ever happened that person's like fuck it i'm out of here and quit that's you know we, we had spent all that time they'd been there a year and a half and it was just like, uh, you know how the, the uh, pecking order in a chicken coop, you know, it was like everyone, you know, if you're the top chicken, you can't peck them, but the top chicken can peck the second. Well, this person felt like they were at the bottom of the pecking order and everyone was, was fucking with them. And they're like, fuck it. I'm going to leave and go somewhere where I'm happy. And the next apartment she went to thrilled with her and, yep. and they're very successful right now. So my roundabout way of thinking, I apologize. Um, we are not mentoring and guiding these people along. And I think that's part of the problem. The next thing is we need these older folks. I feel because uh, people that can make decisions that have been in the game or been working for a while and I work for whoever doing whatever, and I'm just not fulfilled. And this is something that I've always wanted to do. Give those people a shot. And if you have them for that five, that two and a half, the five year, the 10 years, you've got them for two, five or 10 years instead of this 30-year career and i tell you what would i do it again oh absolutely i would i would have made some other decisions i would have went to a bigger department but uh with more opportunity and uh i think it was in somewhere in our social media we were talking about working for good chiefs versus bad chiefs and it's really difficult for those of us who who have had really great chiefs and then a shitty one takes over <laughs> yeah talk about yeah. fuck with your life yeah That's and I, you know I see it more on the corporate side, like now that I'm out of it, at, at the place that I'm at now, they really, um, it took me a really long time. And I think we've talked about this on previous episodes. I think it took me a good six months to a year before I stopped worrying about that I was going to get crucified for every mistake that I made. And I attributed to having a really, really good uh, a really good boss and then a, a mm -hmm. boss on top of him that was very that's really really good and they understand that when you come on you're gonna fuck up uh and no matter what it you're just gonna learn from it and i think in, right. in law enforcement we never ever adopted that because and you know how you can tell an agency that doesn't adopt that when somebody leaves the department they celebrate it no. Right, like yeah. Whenever somebody leaves, they go because I'll just take yeah, myself. Get rid of this and get, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like when I left, it was <clears> like, <throat> oh, good, good. He's fucking gone. Forget about the almost twenty years that I did there. Forget about all the great things. Forget mm -hmm. about all that stuff. 
for them, it's like, oh, one less person to compete against for, for something. <laughs> like, like, do you ever think, uh, like, do you ever sit back and think about that and go, man, that was my fucking life. Like, that's what I wanted to be a part of was I wanted to, I wanted a very, very small sliver of a pizza pie instead of turning around and setting your sights on the whole fucking pie. Right. You're just getting crumbs. Yeah. And, and and listen, folks that are still doing it, God bless you. I think oh, yeah. I think thank if you you're still much. in this business, thank you so much. I don't want and I've I've gotten that feedback before where folks are like, oh, you kind of turn it into like anti cop. Like you don't want anybody to be a cop. No, 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 no. I want and it's always been this way. It's never changed from season one, episode one, which is is yeah. I want the new officers that are thinking about going into here and going into this profession, this is what you're about to, to, to go into. The second part to that is the ones that are in it and are trapped. And when I say trapped, they got 10 years on. Mm-hmm. They, they're, they're in the smack dab middle of a shit sandwich. Mm-hmm. I want them to be able to turn on the roll call room and I want them to listen to the episodes and go, that's fucking, that's fucking <laughs> Lieutenant Smith right there. <laughs> yeah. And 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 I know yeah. that that's the case because just before you and I clicked record on this episode, I had two emails uh, at Nick and Roll Call, Nick at RollCallRoom dot com that I'm going to read, right? Or Mark at RollCallRoom dot com with a C, not a K. <laughs> um, and nice and plug. I read them. I got I got a message on Facebook. Uh, I got a Facebook message, which I, I'm not going to read the whole thing later, but I want to give a shout out to the person that sent it. Mm-hmm. There are there are interactions like the IAC. Let me circle back around the IACP episode that we did last time, which was part one. This is part two. I put a survey on there, and the survey question was: Did you know the IACP took in that much money? And astoundingly, eighty five point seven percent of the people said no, and fourteen point two percent said they did know that that money was coming in. But I would venture to say that the 14% that knew that the money was coming in didn't know that it was that much money coming in. Mm. And when we put that episode out, it was it was very uh, humbling. Uh, oh, yeah. And I appreciate it to have like people like Travis Yates comment because Travis is a big, huge critic of the IACP. More yeah. so, and he brought up some great points, which was the IACP was perpetuating shoot people in the leg mentality (laughs) and i had completely forgot about that this is folks this isn't me making it up yeah the iacp literally that was some years ago yeah they 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 were perpetuating while the george floyd shit was going on and all that other stuff Uh, they were gonna go you you threw that spark into the hay bale continue your thought my mind just went yeah, my my uh my ADHD too, because because I got a I got a bone to pick with with Mark and and uh, and uh, uh, Kurt from uh, um, spinning our gears. Yeah, the the uh, fall of Minneapolis is it called the fall of Minneapolis, right? The fall of Minneapolis, yes. The fall of Minneapolis came out, and I had no intentions of watching this fucking thing because right. I know me, I know. Like I'm getting a point in my life. It's been three years. I'm getting to a point right now where I'm starting to go, not downhill like I'm dying, but I'm going downhill in the sense where I'm, I'm clicking less on police stuff. 
Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm not watching police videos as much or at right. all. There are certain things that I just, I'm getting to a point where I'm just like. You, you're you're like a retired right. hooker. You're, you're, you're right, just getting right. out of the life, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> I look at I look at it and I'm like, Bleh. you know, yeah. I, I don't want to I don't want to watch. Uh, so yeah. I wasn't going to watch it. And, and not to give away anything is, is that we're 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 working on something behind the scenes that's going to require all of us to watch this thing. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I'm halfway there. I haven't watched the whole thing. It's because. And I messaged you this. A lot of this stuff is not a surprise to me. A lot of right. this is not. It's it's, it, and I don't want to sound egotistical and be like, I knew that. I did know a lot of this stuff. It's not hard to believe because when you get screwed, like you and I got screwed, it's not. Yes. It's not. It, this is nothing. All this is this is on a national scale mm-hmm. of, of a breakdown. And I don't want to go into details because I don't want to ruin whatever we're going to do in the future. Right. But I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> pissed, but I'm not pissed at both of you because I had to watch some of I'm, I'm going to finish it. <laughs> but it got to the point where, like, I, 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 I had to stop, like you, I had to stop watching it. I had to walk mm-hmm. away from it because yeah. this is this is exactly what happened to me except for the fact that fact that Derek is sitting in jail for the rest of his life. He right. almost got murdered the other uh, couple weeks ago. Yeah, Derek Chauvin's who we're talking about. Right. It all encompasses around optics. That's what it yep. all encompasses around. Yep. And and I have a very unpopular opinion that I'm going to save for whatever we're going to do because it's going to ruffle some feathers my opinion about him and that incident. Mm-hmm. Um I'm just going to save it because if I say it, 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 it'll, it'll, it'll ruin it. Yeah. Um, let, let me help you out here. I, I can see, yeah. I can see you're, you're, you're on the same ADHD loop that I'm on right now. Um, if you watch the documentary, the fall of Minneapolis, I'm going to go ahead and give you your PTSD warning up in front. If you're suffering from PTSD, you may want to take this in small bites and, in uh, doses. It took me three times to get through it. Uh, cause I was so angry and it pissed me yeah. off to where it, it affected me to the point to where I was spun up for a couple of days after watching it. Uh, I, I was angry. Um, uh, I was, I was sad. Uh, my, I was heartbroken at the end of it. And the way the world is now, I don't believe everything I see, but mm-hmm. like what Nick said, all that that was happening, it's just like, we knew that was happening. But now there's an acknowledgement that it happened, and this is the mm-hmm. way it happened. And um, the, literally, the the and I'll let you guys watch it. We're going to do a show on it. Um, I, when I'm setting up, I'm going to go ahead and tip the hat if that's okay. We're, we're wanting to do yeah. like a roundtable uh, with some police professionals to get some feedback on it. And then hopefully Nick gets all the way through it. Because I'll tell you what, it, it should have a PTSD warning. Um, oh, dang on. Who does Behind the Trenches? or in the trenches, uh, uh, starts with an R, um, Ricardo, uh, you yeah. know, Ricardo will give a PTSD warnings before he plays a, a clip. It's like, look, man, this will, this will fuck you up listening to it. And he does such a good job at that within the trenches podcast. Um, shout out to them, but getting back, um, to recruitment and all that, you know, they've kind of re- 
created this monster. And I think that, you know, we're not marketing to the right people. And and uh, shout out to Paul Butler. Paul Butler in his lectures says, you know, we're not marketing to the right folks. We need to be marketing to, uh, you know, the, that, that mid-30s to mid-40s people. And I'm still a firm believer that waitresses and bartenders make the best cops, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and, and other salespeople. You need ext- extroverts to be in this job. Not to say that they're the only ones, but um, I think that uh, the whole process needs to be reevaluated. We shouldn't have to be stuck at a city for 15 years to get vested. You should vest after five years. So if you want to move on, you can move on. So. ICP. Number yeah. two. So <laughs> let's get back to what we're doing. We got yeah, down a quick my, rabbit hole with that one. My head was my head was spinning about this this documentary, and I'm going to save it because I can go yeah. on and on and on. Oh yeah, so it, the IACP. It will. So the IACP. Yeah. We did the first episode. It definitely ruffled a ton of feathers because. Um, can I say this one more time, Mark? Sure. Well, wait. Is it about your old agency? No. No. Oh, okay. No. (laughs) It it, it could be. It could be. You do understand, and when I say you, I don't mean you, Mark. I'm giving a general preface. Yeah. You do understand when you search me on LinkedIn and then you click on my profile. (laughs) You do understand. Let me preface. I am a premium member. I pay for LinkedIn. Okay. Because I'm always hiring people for where I work. You do understand when you click on my profile, it immediately sends me a message that somebody's checking out my profile. Yep. And then I can I can see with my <laughs> eyes you. who you I can are. see you. <laughs> so IACP, yeah. I can see that you hit my LinkedIn like six times. I can mm-hmm. see that the, the executive director hit my hit my LinkedIn. I can see that the finance person hit my LinkedIn. One, what's up? I yeah, live hey, 25 come on the show. <laughs> I'll, I'll even give you this. I live 25 minutes. I used to be a police officer where your headquarters is. Let's meet up for coffee. Yeah. What are you scared of? And and so this was going on. Then I got an IRS notice for for an audit. I mean, just crazy, crazy <laughs> shit. Just as soon as this was released, like it's right. It's my it's mind blowing. If I was a conspiracy theorist, I would go bananas with this thing. But <laughs> neither here nor there. So right. we released the first one, and then the LinkedIn stuff happened and I always screenshot it and I send it to Mark and I go, yeah, here we go. Here we go. And then, so the IACP reached out to us and they gave us a statement and I want to read it to you. Did they? Yeah. Ready? Yeah. That was, that was their statement. So you even had me on that. Yeah. I'm like, oh, maybe he's on this. When you listen to this later, you're going to fucking laughing. Here's the statement they gave us. It's not there. Nothing. <laughs> nothing. And I don't because I don't think they're going to acknowledge it. I, you know, I, you? I think it's going to go get down. I'm sorry? Would you? No. 
Absolutely yeah. not. However, um, depending on the numbers, I think it does need some acknowledgement because uh, was it Saber? No, not Saber Warrior. Um, Wounded Warrior. Wounded Warrior. Yep. Wounded Warrior got into that bingo to where their executive committee or their executive officers were making these. And Wounded Warrior was huge. And then everybody yeah. found out, well, these fucking execs are making three and $400,000 a year. Why am I spending $15 a month to pad this guy's fucking pocketbook? That that is well, misappropriation yeah. of money, and this is the you know I guess what irritates me so much about this association, it is all taxpayer funded, yeah. Every fucking dime of it from the uh, so it's whatever jerk off police department, in whatever city and whatever state that's taxpayer funded, they are paying into ICP. Well, Your federal they're, they're dollars are going into ICP. It's just and they're, and they're tax exempt. And they're tax exam. Um, and, and and they're a five hundred one c three, right? And and then so <clears throat> I had a couple of people reach out and they were like, "Oh, you should look at this person, and you should listen, look at this organization," and and I and we will. I don't want to do just episodes on this association or this this whatever. I don't want to. I don't want to just keep doing them. This one in particular, and then there's going to be a couple that are suicide prevention. Uh, ones where we're going to pick apart those tax returns, right? Wink, wink. Get ready. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I think but, where we're going with this one here is is that through our interview with Michael Segru, we realized, and we talk about the hive mentality. I feel very seriously that this is the hive. Yeah, I think that through natural <clears throat> attrition, or if that's the right word, oh, write a policy on it. And everyone is a member of this association, and they all say the same things. Mm-hmm. And because they're saying the same things, you know, that toxicity is is being embraced. And it's mm-hmm. like, well, let's take a look at these guys, you know, because mm-hmm. in that interview, you got told the same thing. I got told the same thing. Sagru got told the same thing. It's like, that's not happenstance. That's not coincidence. This all yeah. came out of, of some kind of learning. And then uh, through our channels we learned that oh well icp says here you need to write a policy on it and here's the sample well isn't that great so if if you guys are kind of wanting to know the natural succession of where we are and then nick happened to pull the uh tax return up and he sent it to me i had to pull over i'm like holy cow that's some serious money and then we started digging more so and 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 that's where we are now and it gets it gets a little bit more, um, you know. There's some gravy in part two, so you know just to just to recap, folks. Um, you know the IACP and the tax return that we're looking at. And if you go on the YouTube video, you can see I did a a great job superimposing everything that we were talking about. So there's no bullshit. There's no well, where's the proof? The proof is all there. Yeah. Um, you know they're they're taking in um total revenue last year or i'm sorry in 2020's tax return cuz uh, 2021 uh they're taking in 30 million dollars um 30 <laughs> That's million a piece of dollars change. yeah and he, the the funny part is is that of the 30 million dollars what they're doing is they're claiming after they pay all of their bills and all of this other stuff that they're only making thirty three thousand um, dollars at the end, and that's bullshit. I mean, that's just that's just bullshit. Um, 
<clears throat> um, and in so what are they two, doing with the thirty-three grand? Well, and it breaks it down. We're we're going to go into some, some comps out there. That's half their year's salary. Well, I tell you what, they're not doing. The, I tell you, they're not advocating for uh, no cost to the member uh, mental health services. I tell you, that's not happening. I don't know right. of anybody that's doing that. That's all absolutely transitional. And I'll keep beating this drum until it happens. Well, if you're going to put us paying, in this job and you're going to fuck our brains up, you need to give us more than transactional services. Oh, you can go pay for a therapist, but we aren't going to do it. We're not going to accept any responsibility. Oh, why? Oh, because you knew what you were getting into. Really? And if that's the case, why do you have dental and uh, vision on my health insurance policy? Yeah, and when this you're paying the same your thing. Exact- executive director total compensation six hundred and fifty thousand and your deputy director you're paying three hundred and sixty thousand dollars a year i mean <laughs> where do i get that it, job it's, it's, it's <laughs> they should hire you and i yeah yeah <laughs> well you know that's not happening um so i want to get into everybody Everybody knows that every year the IACP puts on this national conference, international conference. They usually pick mm-hmm. a really nice area, and that, that's where they go. And a lot of companies, um, they have a convention. They have a convention center typically, and they have booths, and you have to rent the booths. And, and, and it's really an opportunity for big, big companies um, you know, like Axion and all these other different companies, it gives them mm-hmm. a chance to highlight their newest, greatest pro- uh, um, product. And then yeah. these chiefs, they walk around and, you know, they got their little lanyards on with this big fucking sign that looks like a fucking cowbell. <laughs> and, you know, they walk around with a big fucking heart on because they're like, Ooh, oh, <laughs> I would love to have this drone that also jerks me off like it's just stupid <laughs> stupid shit it's a trade you know? show in, in in other words it is, it is. Yeah. so this trade show this is this is what's going to make you laugh we were during covid right so yeah. covid happened and nothing was going on nothing you couldn't rent a, a convention center you couldn't have conferences you couldn't do anything because of fake covid i'm sorry right because of covid um <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, so the only thing that that you were allowed to do was you were allowed to uh set up big things to get these these bullshit shots i'm sorry get covid shots right and then you were only allowed to go to social events that uh democrats put on um so <laughs> not that we're a political show but go ahead <laughs> no not at all not at all um but you're not wrong. I'm not. Um, so in 2020, the IACP, they didn't have a conference. They had a virtual conference. Virtual. Oh, okay. Right. And so I want you, the folks that are really good detectives, kudos to you. I want you to go on page number two, part three, and go down to subsection 4B. The IACP for a virtual conference, and it even says on here, the IACP annual conference in fiscal year 2021 included the following events. IACP conference virtual, 
Officer Safety and Wellness Symposium Virtual, March 2021 Technology Conference Virtual, May 2021 Drug, Alcohol, and Impaired Driving Conference Virtual. Now, I said virtual every time, right, Mark? Right. Yes, That you did. virtual conference cost the IAC $4.8 million to put on. <laughs> million to put on a virtual conference. Mark, I can set up a Zoom conference call right now with over 2,000 participants for (laughs) (laughs) $9.99. Well, but they're not paying you for all these awesome decorations in the back of the production value. (laughs) $4.8 million. Yeah, and, and 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 if that doesn't like spark you to go, what? Where did that money really go? Because you're not yeah. paying a light lights and sound. You're probably paying a sound person, right? Uh, production company, production company. But you're not having a stage made up like they normally do. Mm-hmm. The IACP conference, if you've ever had the chance to go, they make it like a Broadway fucking show. That's why it's so yeah. expensive. Um, but it's nice they, though. It, it it is in the sense if it was run the right way like mm-hmm. it as i was reading it i see on here officer safety and wellness symposium man i would have loved to have been a fucking fly on the wall for that <laughs> class <laughs> and hear him in here oh and now they're wanting to do ptsd retirement <laughs> like you know just get over yeah. it <laughs> the whole conference the whole conference is about how officers uh, should do yoga or, you know, understanding the triggers of a traumatic scene and all this other stuff, which legitimately those are, there's are issues, officers that get involved in shootings, right. officers that have had partners shot in front of them, uh, traumatic incidences of watching yeah. children injured or, or dead, mm-hmm. uh, mass shootings all day long. I'm all for that. But yeah. I bet you they never took a mirror out and held it up and walked around the room and said, let me tell you what the number one cause of officers blowing their brains out is. And walk around with a mirror and show yeah. it to them and say, it's you. It's your inability to recognize that failure of leadership is detrimental to mental health. They don't. They don't do Well, that. exactly. And uh, admin betrayal is a huge Ooh. key in uh, a lot of officers, Big I can time. tell you it was with mine. I can absolutely guarantee fucking to you it was mine. And when I came back to work after being cleared of my investigation, of course they never cleared me. It was there's insufficient evidence. It was funny because I was I was doing some book research, my own book, um, to where the the announcement of that when I was in what other agency besides my former agency does a press release, and they've only ever done it for me. When you get put on administrative leave, um, there, I believe, uh, he says, I firmly believe there is sufficient evidence that uh, Sergeant uh, Basie did this. And then in his retraction, luckily, two of the newspapers of the six uh, printed the articles that there is insufficient evidence to prove. I'm like, well, that's because there was never any, you fucking assholes. But uh, we're going to run you through the mud to begin with. But that admin betrayal? That's huge, man. That is just like coming home and finding out, you know, your shift partner's been banging your wife. 
you know, that is deep Sorry. cut betrayal. That is, I was willing when I took this job, you know, I accepted the fact that I may not come home and I was doing it for the, for the, the betterment or the, or the, the moral good of the community. And to find out that the people that I was doing that job for so easily and wholeheartedly ran mm-hmm. me feet first through a wood chipper. Mm-hmm. That is, that is, that is the deepest betrayal that you'll ever feel. And then go back to work. I see in, in you didn't go back to work. Um, no, which is good for you because you had closure there. If you go back to work after that bullshit, oh God, that's a whole new, whole new era of betrayal. Uh, looking over your back, paranoia, and then the uh, the fucking cowards. Or we have the uh, or had the digital ally camera system, and there was a big fisheye camera, and because you replaced the rear view mirror. Um, that uh, asshat deputy chief, who's now the chief, turned my camera on in my cruiser <laughs> because uh, up until that point, I had always put a piece of uh, uh, electrical tape over it. So when I came back to work, I said, oh, somebody picked that off. So I put it back on. And then my car partner, Sergeant Nick's like, uh, no, that camera's on, bro. And I said, what? He said, oh, yeah. He asked me if I put tape over it. And he said, no, it must have been Mark. And uh, he said, did you put it on? I'm like, well, fuck yeah, I did. I said, oh, so they have the camera on now. And he's like, oh, yeah. Yep. And I said, why would they turn the camera on and not tell you? Because they're looking for something. You know, uh, again, admin betrayal and IACP, you need to be talking to your people about admin betrayal. And this is another layer of why you're having recruitment problems. Okay. You need to support your people. You need to be mentors. You need to be there for them when they're hurting. Because I can tell you what, at the end of the day, you know, we do this job for your buddy. You do this job to support one another, the, the, the family unit, the thin blue line. If you're going to maintain this, if you're the one that's eroding it, then this is the number one reason why. I was never, I can handle a guy on the street, really. You know, and when I was, you know, toe-to-toe with this street thug up in, uh, at Circle K, I knew the terms, okay? I didn't know the terms of being ambushed from the rear, and that's what's happening with these agencies, with these toxic leaders, because you, the one thing, you know, you can count on when you realize that your buddies betrayed you or, you know, your significant other has stepped out is that, you know, you at, in my world, I had that supportive administration. And even when you fucked up, you know, my old boss is like, Hey man, you're going to take a punch in the face on this, but you know, you're a good officer and I don't want this to ruin everything. You know, just take your, you know, here, here's your punishment. This is going to be over and done with, and then we're going to move on. And like my old boss used to say, he says, you know, you have to forgive quick. Have a good memory, but, uh, you know, you don't hold this over the guy's head forever. And this mentality of that of this uh, admin betrayal, this is a huge part of officer suicide. So the dovetail back to what you were saying, Nick, you got that officer. He's there 10 years. He's got some burnout going on. He's got some PTSD going on. And now the one thing you thought you could rely on has betrayed you. Yeah. Fuck it. Fuck it. How many yeah. cops are, yeah. how many cops are doing it on the job and the position where you do is a big message. How many cops, the cops that kill themselves on the job in the cruiser at the department, that's a huge fuck you to the person that's mm-hmm. in charge. And that person, IACP, if you're having a rash of officers killing themselves on the job, at the job, that department, they're talking about those consent decrees, 
yeah, fuck those. You people need to send a crew in there and start interviewing the officers to see what's going on at that agency. Yeah. And I'm done with my rant. No, you're good. (laughs) Whoa, you're suddenly really loud. What happened? Oh, am I? Yeah, you're like extremely loud all of a sudden. Are you redlining? How about now? Yeah, you're better. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I when I look at these tax returns, when you're putting on a, a, a virtual conference and you're spending that kind of money, and then you look at their tax return further down, and they brought in $2.5 million in revenue from spending that much money. Um, it's just, it's odd behavior. It's, it's in the sense of like, if you did that on your personal tax returns, uh, you, you'd, you'd, you'd be, you'd be audited. More audited. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, I mean, we talked about it in, I think we talked about it in one, but I just want to give you a couple of ideas here. So when you break down the independent contractors for that virtual event, they have um, presentation services they paid $763,000 for. Audiovisual, they spent $665,000 on. They paid the city of Baton Rouge Police Department $607,000. The University of Pennsylvania. Wait a minute, they paid Baton Rouge that much money because that's where they were going to have the conference at, even though it's all virtual? Either that or this is a carryover from the year before when they actually had it in Baton Rouge. Oh. But I question where the $600,000, why they're paying them 600000 Could be detail officers, could be overtime, could be payoff. Yeah. I don't know. But then they pay, <laughs> yeah. then they pay the Rapid City uh, Police Department $372,000. Like South Dakota? By the way, Rapid City, is that? Or is that South Dakota? I don't know. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah, it's South Dakota. Yeah, you're right. It's uh, 300 Kansas City Street, Rapid City, South Dakota. Yeah, how the hell do, how the hell do you get from Baton Rouge, Louisiana to South Dakota? Well, I don't want to start any beef, but if I was Rapid City, I'd fucking go knocking on IACP's door. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why did we get that much? <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, uh, are you cutting yeah. us a check for the two hundred and thirty-five thousand dollars that <laughs> right. you owe us? Or... Right, right. Yeah, we had snow it, removal fees in there in, in South Dakota. So, yeah, and and you know, like then you look <laughs> further down, and sixteen point nine million dollars in government grants. Like, they're cleaning house on on earmark things that they're just. They're just really, really rolling in 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 money. Like, and the reason why I bring up this tax return is, is that the average income for a brand new officer in the United States is thirty five thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. Think about that thirty five thousand dollars, and this guy who's the executive director is making six hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and he's shaping what your leadership is doing. Yeah. When I say shaping, they're not shaping. They're dictating what they can and cannot do. They're right. in consent decrees now. Like the DOJ immediately goes to the IACP or tells the department. They have to laugh because it was in the news that there's a municipality. I can't remember where it is. I think it's in Arizona. 
I was going to say Arizona that they're being Phoenix? forced to do it because yeah, they're being forced and, to do and, it. And their administrations decree. like fuck you, we're not doing this. Fuck you, we're, we're not, not consenting to your you. decree. Yeah, good for and, you. And, uh, sorry, rabbit hole a moment. Uh, Yates was like, no, yeah, every every administration should fight having to having the feds here. Every one yeah. of them should throw them out. Yep. And this not consenting to this because it does not fix anything. All it does is well, it costs your citizens millions of dollars. Nothing gets fixed. And matter of fact, it all gets more fucked up. Yeah, and, and it's you know, like what are you gonna up, do? Ahead. What are you gonna do to me if I don't do this consent decree? Yeah, they have no what authority over them. Yeah, they yeah. exactly. I got another little ditty here. Um you know this might be a little nitpicky and I I really don't care. Um <laughs> An organization that was pretty much virtual during this tax return mm-hmm. spent $1.4 million on office supplies. That's How the a hell lot is that? of staples. That's a lot of staples. That's a lot of paper clips. Um, and uh, I'm not, I'm by no means uh, an eco person. Like I, you know, I don't recycle, which is terrible. Uh, but I do drive an electric car. So I would I would venture to say you need to start if you're spending one point four million dollars, maybe you should start gearing towards paperless mm-hmm. uh, and save save some cheddar. Uh, <laughs> and what's funny is, is you spend more on office supplies than you did on personal development for your own people. Fifty five thousand dollars all that year for personal develop professional development for your people. You're spending 1.4 in office supplies. If you took 1 million of that 1.4 and actually had a true wellness program developed and mm-hmm. and you actually employed people like, uh, you know, Mark and I and Sagru and Yates and, and, and really heavy, heavy hitters that are respected in law enforcement, mental health and in the mm-hmm. subject, you'd have a meaningful program. Uh, and and they won't. They they will never do that. They're too busy checking out our LinkedIn. Uh, <laughs> well, I want I want to address the wellness thing. Um, the city of Columbus here in Ohio has a uh, they have a center for a police, fire, and EMS. And if you just need to go in and, and uh, unwind and deprogram for a minute, they have uh, counselors there. And I think this thing is staffed twenty four hours a day. Um, they, the city of Columbus is on the cutting edge of mental health. Now, I will say that I feel that, uh, and this was validated by uh, Shannon from uh, Windmill Wellness down in uh, Texas, uh, is that Ohio still has a lot of work to do. But the you know, good thing for our friends in Texas, shout out Lieutenant Jason, um, that that Texas is is on top of it there with their mental health. But again, it's transactional. You know, mm-hmm. the, the, our mental health services for first responders should be no cost to the member. And ICP, I'm not hearing you saying that because when the cities go in and negotiate their uh, their health care, okay, you're talking about dental, you're talking about vision, you're talking about whatever other services, but you're not talking about mental health services. You know, if yeah. you're a police officer, if you're a firefighter, you're an EMT, if you have your own dispatch, all those people should have those services on their 
uh, on their wellness program, on their health program, to where it's no cost to the member. If you want us to come in, you want us to do the job, let's keep the head straight. And I want to I address one other thing we talked about. You know, when you have members or officers that are struggling, what's the first thing yeah. the department wants to do? Put, put them on leave. Yeah, get them out the fucking door. Yeah. And, you know, the, that, that trend of, uh, oh, here, you know, you got this 15-year veteran and we've spent tens of thousands of dollars on this guy or gal training them. Yeah, they're in a bad spot right now. They've crawled in the bottle, whatever addiction that's, that's hijacked them. Oh, no, let's not fix them. Let's fire them. <laughs> yeah, what the, the hell? Is, the thing is, is what that ideology is, is that there are always people coming in behind them. Like that's always been the ideology is, is that we'll get rid of them. But now that's coming to a close also. Like, yes, you're scraping the bottom, like literally the bottom of the barrel right now. Like, um, I, in the job that I'm in right now, I still have the pleasure of having my toe still in law enforcement. Mm -hmm. Um, and I talk to these newer officers like under two years. Um, and I got to tell you as a former sergeant, it scares the shit out of me. It scares yeah. the shit out of me that a lot of these, a lot of these, and I'm going to say it. I, I mean, I'm not an old dude like you, but like, <laughs> you know, these kids, they yeah. scare the shit out of me because I am concerned for my kids when they're driving mm -hmm. uh, because you have a lot of uneducated, hothead um, mm -hmm. folks out there. And, I, I just, I think we're not going in the direction that we should be going, especially after coming out of the defund the police movement. I think it's a mm -hmm. matter of time, and and this is going to be this is going to be a staple in history. This this particular statement that I'm going to make, and then we can re reference it later on, which is is that I think it's a matter of time before we have another major incident within law enforcement that starts a revolution. That's going to set us back by another five years. It's a matter of time. Oh God, I hope time. not. Dude, I, I, it's I a really, matter I really, of time. I, I'm not doubting you. I just hope it doesn't happen. I think. Oh, that, I hope it uh, doesn't either. I think the pendulum is starting to swing back. I think conservative ideology is starting to take hold again. I think that those of us that sit around and watch this stupid shit on the news every night is finally fed up with it enough. It's the point to where. Um, these people are like, look, we're paying you people for, for security. We're paying you mm -hmm. people a lot of money. Do your fucking job. And that's the problem yeah. is that you get these cowards in the jobs, just like the coward that used to run my former agency. He he would lay in bed at night that I was being told because he was so worried about what would happen overnight. It's like, yeah. dude, if you're worried about your job that bad, you, you get out. You got to get out. He did the right out. thing as he retired. Thank God. Um, that moron finally left the job, but it, it was good because you need to have, you need to be that steady hand on the helm in the storm. Cause when you're a chief of police, you're always in the storm. You have to be all things to all people. And, and for the good chiefs out there, thank you for doing what you're doing and mentor the guy underneath you. Now we got the dude that's in there now that has a stranglehold on the department. No one knows one another's job. My former boss, uh, everyone knew everyone else's job and he trained the next guy to come up. Yeah. But the next guy to come up 
stop that because if you're a leader, you train one above you and one below you because we're only there for a temporary amount of time. The department's been there for a hundred years, but I'm only there for 20, you know, and that's the training. Men. Yeah, exactly. And, and the good departments that are successful and have happy people that are productive and you always have an asshole in there somewhere. It doesn't matter where it's at, mm-hmm. but a good leader will put that asshole out the pasture. So what I'm saying is, is that, you know, we're on the roll call room. We're exposing where the problems are. We're showing you guys where the problems are. Where, what are you going to do, ICP, to say, hey, why don't you have a policy on your wellness program? Why aren't you uh, telling the chiefs to go back to your cities and start having mental health services as part of your, part of your, uh, your, your health and welfare and part of your uh, insurance that you're giving? Because that's a benefit of being a government employee. You get that paid for. Not one or two visits a year. It's as many as they need. Yeah. And having those, those healthcare professionals that are able to deal with the first responder. You know, we don't see that in there, are we? Are we seeing that in the, in their uh, uh, agenda there at ICP? Is that you know, let's let's have this real hard talk about mental health services and you know, recruiting and where we're doing things like that. I see a lot of fluff. Uh, you know, where this guy with this uh, huge degree and he's got a doctorate and blah 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 blah. Well, good. You know, I'm I'm glad you're a great student and you know you haven't been in a a, a bloody knuckled street fight in ever. Yeah. You know, when was the last time you went screaming into a bar fight or, you know, went to a, a, an act of domestic to where you're duking it out, not only with one half, now you're fighting two of them. You know, most yeah. of those guys have never been there. And by the way, to our Midnight Cruiser that are listening, thank you very much. Keep doing what you're doing. We appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you, uh, Midnight Road Dogs. I mean, <laughs> I, you know, you and I spoke about this, I think, on the show. And then uh, when we talk on the phone, as is, and I remember this as a sergeant running roll calls. You know, we would get notification from our commander, hey, so-and-so is going to be coming in and coming to talk to your crew. And the first thing you do, you're like, fuck me, man, because this is going to suck the fucking morale out of the room. And I already have a hard time getting these guys to fucking like, yeah. run out of the room. And I prided myself, like, as a sergeant when I ran roll call. I always tried to make it a fun environment. Like, I always tried mm-hmm. to send them out. Uh, Hill Street Blues was a huge uh, show that I loved watching. Oh, and- well, hey. Be careful out there. Yeah. And I always, <laughs> I always did that at the end. It was, a, it was an homage to him. And, and, yeah. and I always tried to make it fun. I had this one dickhead captain that used to come in all the time. Uh, he was my sergeant when I was an officer. He was a lieutenant when I was a sergeant. And then he became a captain. And he was just a fucking weasel. He was a punk bitch. Like, he just, <laughs> he, you know, like, even when he was a cop, he was afraid of his own fucking shadow, you know? Right. And he would come in. And he would be he would be that guy like we're just about done with roll call and he would go, hey, everybody see that video in Vegas uh, where that officer got dragged out of their car and beaten to a fucking bloody pulp and killed. We're going to watch the video right now. And you're I'd look at him and go, what the fuck are you doing? Like, oh, yeah, we should talk about this first. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I, we got I, calls I, holding. We got to go. I, yeah, I went on. I went on a tangent, but. We would get notification somebody was coming on roll call to talk. And it was always it was always somebody that was from the academia world. Uh yeah. you know, PhD, Dr. So and so coming to talk to us about mental health or about wellness. And you know and I know that if you come into a roll call or you come into a conference and your your name starts with a doctor or ends with a PhD and you never ever serve a moment. In in that uniform, Amen. you have completely lost all. Res- and and this is no disrespect to your 
your degree that you got. I'm sure you're a fine therapist or whatever you do. But the thing about it is, is there, if you put Dr. So-and-so that's been a, a doctor of psychology for 15 years versus a guy like Mark or Yates or, or, right. or Sagru or, or um, uh, Medlin, mm-hmm. the, the, the captivating right. audience that you're going to get is because you start every single one like a Medlin, a you, a me, a Yates says, hey, I did so-and-so years on on patrol and I did this and you're as an audience member, your ears perk up and you go, okay, this guy's got some fucking crass. This guy's right. got some legit, um, you know, he's been there. He knows what it's like to be out, you know, be in a cruiser at 2 AM in the winter. It's freezing outside. The heat is pumping in the car. You're trying to stay awake. It's a slow mm-hmm. night. And then all of a sudden an alert tone goes out and it's a fucking murder. Yeah, you got to quickly switch and then you get there and it's a dead fucking kid. And then the scene is Mm. it's not your scene. You're not the primary and you and you get to clear the scene and then you get back in your cruiser and it's four o'clock in the morning. Same night. It's winter. It's snowing. The heat is going and you're trying. Now the adrenaline is 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 dumping. You're you're coming down and you're trying to stay awake. And then all of a sudden, as you're sitting there, a fucking car goes speeding by, acting like a fucking idiot driving. And you have to do something because you want to save that person's life. You're not being a prick right. because you want to fucking pull them over. And then you just saw a dead kid and you're walking up to this fucking car and you got to check yourself. You got to yeah. check the anger that you have from that fucking scene. But you want to sit there in a conference as a doctor or a PhD and turn around and tell me what it's like to be a fucking cop and not blow your brains out. But you've never experienced any of that stuff. And that's just one scene. And that's 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 straight from something that I dealt with. Yeah. Straight from from a scene. And you could relate to it. And every all you midnight road dogs that are out there listening to this, you're, exactly. you're saying to yourself, fuck, Nick, I, I've had that happen, you know, mm-hmm. or. You know, dealing with the same fucking domestic over and over and over and over. And, and it How takes many times one... can we arrest these two assholes? Yeah. <laughs> and then the moment you fucking you put your knuckles in that dude's fucking face because he deserves it. You're worrying yeah. about now I'm going to get fucking fired. I did the right thing the wrong way and I'm going to get fired. And that see you and I. Well, talk about uh, this right, yeah, uh, right. Go ahead. Yeah. Keep going. My we talk ADD, about this offline mm-hmm. all the time, which is is. This will be the last time about my agency, I promise. You know, <laughs> You've already had your two, so I'm going to throw a yellow card. I'm going to throw the yellow card at you. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know what? What? What happened to me? What, what happened to me? How? How I? How I was pushed out, man. There were fifty other things you could have got me on. There were fifty other legitimate things, and I'm and I'm and statute of limitations is over, so you can't do anything. So go fuck yourself. Um, but there are fifty other things that you could right. have. That, like when I walked in that room, all seventeen, what however many years I was there, all came to me and said, "This is it." Yeah, and, and none none of it was illegal in the sense where it could have got me locked up. It was procedural shit that I just, I looked at policy and I said, fuck that. I'm not doing yeah. that. Yeah. And, 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 and I gambled and I won that gamble all the way up until you got me on something that I shouldn't have got taken out of. But you know, when we're talking about mental health, IACP, what they'll do with this kind of feedback with the, with dissecting their tax returns, what they'll do is they'll sit there and they'll go, you know what? 
we do need to have a wellness and symposium about how leadership has an effect on uh, on suicide. Let's bring in Doctor So and So Fuckface right. that has three of, three books. Right, says someone like Shauna Springer. Bring yeah, her we'll in, bring have in her a talk Travis to Yates. Yeah, or, or or do a jam team like do do meddling me and you and come in and be like, listen, if yeah. if if you have soft feelings and you and, and you get offended really easily, we're gonna take a five minute pause right now for you to walk out of the room. Yeah, and safe face <laughs> on your now, bring Jake Clark in. Jake Clark will yeah. uh, he he tends to command a room with save a warrior. Yeah, bring Clark in. Yeah, that 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 yeah, would I, be. The brutally honest, you know, they had the, uh, you know, that should be the brutally honest tour is that people that's talking yeah. about the very real uh, tragedies of this. And, yeah. and, and I, I feel bad for the agencies that have had to endure an officer suicide. Yeah, it's, it's, well, it's horrible. I- uh, uh, we're, we're at our, our, our one hour mark. And before we wrap it up, Holy cow. Uh, I know, I know we got there that quick. Uh, I just want to say Jake from, uh, Texas, not Jake from state farm. Uh, uh, <laughs> or is it, uh, it's Jason. Is that uh, the one you're talking about? Jason, you sent me the other Jason day? from Texas. Yeah. Jason, yes. not Jake. Jesus. Sorry, Jason, Jason, <laughs> Jason from Texas. Um, I just want to say thank you for uh, reaching out. Um, pleasure getting the, that feedback. Folks, you can reach out to us on all of our social media. You could just hit that message button. It gets to us. I send it to Mark. You could uh, email me at nick at rollcallroom.com. You can email Mark at mark, M-A-R-C, at rollcallroom.com. Um, more importantly is, is liking and sharing uh, our YouTube videos are up. So please go on YouTube. Just type in Roll Call Room Podcast. You'll see all of our videos that are there. Uh, Hit the subscribe button. Hit yes, the subscribe, subscribe button, please. Subscribe. Mark, what do you got and like for and us? Share. To close this yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, want, I just want to, uh, on, the, on the social media end of it there, I, I think that, uh, you know, liking and sharing and, and, you know, when you're in roll call or you're doored up, you know, you're talking about the show, just encourage your friends to uh, do the same thing. You know, we can't spread the word of actually what we're, our mission is, is to help save the industry, save the job. You know, other podcasts talk about, oh, the job's dead and blah, blah, blah. The job isn't dead. The job's going to continue on. And we want to eradicate police suicides that's what we're started on you know that's where we've started these shows on but we can't do it if we're not communicating with one another and uh right. not all management's bad there's there's it, the, again this pendulum starting to swing back the great leaders keep doing what you're doing keep being a leader keep being courageous you know we talk about books like uh, maxwell's 21 uh the courageous police leader uh by travis yates create your own light um, uh, Travis House's book, you know, Police Mental Barricade. I was getting to it. Thank you for jumping in there. Police Mental, Mental Barricade one and two, all in Nick's books. Um, so I was going to wrap up with the best there, my friend. But uh, you know, it's education. <laughs> it's educating one another and supporting one another. And let me tell you something: you got a guy that's suffering, he's drinking a bunch. Shoot him a fucking text, bro. You all right? I'm just checking on you. Check on one another. Reach in. Reach out. You know, I can tell you what, when I was sitting out here at this house thinking, how am I going to blow my brains out today or what piece of rope am I going to hang myself with? Those people at my agency that called me, despite the fact the chief told them he would fire them if they reached out to me, they're like, fuck that guy. 
you know, I'm concerned about you. That's just a fucking job. Those yeah. little things mean a lot to people who are in that bad spot and help them out and take them to breakfast, do whatever, yeah. reach out. You know, uh, we put up uh, messages of support. So we got to take care of one another. We don't take care of one another. Nobody else is. Uh, yeah. Exposing these uh, toxic people, uh, be aware of what admin betrayal is and uh, take care of you. Remember, we are people of servant. That's why we do the jobs we do. But taking care of us is always the hardest thing. So remember, have that self-care. Practice the four Fs. Family, faith, friends. You're doing your favorite activities. Hang out with people that are not cops. Because, you know, I'm, I'm taking a class. And uh, Mark the Cop came out in class the other day. And I just shocked the fuck out of the whole room. I'm like, oh, sorry. <laughs> you guys aren't ready for that yet, are you? <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, uh, you know, take care of one another. Most of all, like, share, subscribe. Uh, you know, and all you gotta do is hit the share button on your social media. Uh, if you go to our page, uh, on, on, uh, Facebook or, uh, the gram or whatever else with the roll call room, leave us a like or a comment. Uh, the one thing that we, I absolutely love, and I know Nick loves too, is hearing your feedback and getting yep. that message from our midnight crews. And we love the day shift guys too. Don't get us wrong. Uh, we love days and evenings. When I worked uh, 3 p.m. to 11 p.m., that was probably one of my favorite shifts, the second shift, because that's where all the rookies were, and we actually got into the shit. So, uh, yeah, you know, we love all of our guys. You're out there doing the job. It's still, to me, the greatest job ever. However, this job does come with a toll, and number one, you need to take care of you. Yep. Yeah, and, and I'll preface this, too, is is that if you're looking for um – in particular, a police mental barricade. If you're you just can't swing uh, getting it, just reach out to me. I'll send you a free e copy. Uh, it it is really nothing to do with the money at all. I, I really yeah, a, I can care less. Exactly. I think I reinvest it in this show, uh, or I reinvest it in buying more ebooks. Like I buy my own ebooks and then I give them out for free. Um, so. Um, just please reach out to me. I would much rather give you a free book and have you read it. And then afterwards kind of send me a message and say, Hey, I really needed that. Um, because believe it or not, it's a form of therapy for me as well. It makes me feel really good that somebody has read the book and has said, wow, I can't believe you're going, to, I'm going through the same shit. So, um, with that, and if you uh, get it and you like it, let me jump in real quick. If you get it and you yeah. like it, buy a copy and give it to another friend. That's what legacy yeah. leadership's about. Buy that book yeah. and push the knowledge on to the next. Yeah, and if you have read it, please go on uh, Amazon and leave some reviews. Um, you know, I, 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 it helps to to get the book even more up on the top of the list. Um, but with that, folks, um, this will be our last episode before the holidays. So please be safe. Uh, and we will catch you on the next one.